welcome to the Home Building Hub, your essential podcast guide to building your new home. Hosted by industry experts Colin Bischoff and Darren Brennan, this conversational podcast will help better educate you about all things new home building so you can avoid costly mistakes and enjoy your building experience to the fullest, no matter which home builder you choose. Hey there folks, Colin here and welcome to the Home Building Hub, uh, here with Darren Brennan, co-host as always. This episode here is for our investor friends, for those out there looking to build a new uh, property as an investment. We're going to give you some quick tips and insights to help you go through that process. So welcome aboard, Darren. How are you today, mate? Welcome. Well, mate. Yeah, good. Ready to uh, rip into this one. I think it'll be a pretty short and sharp episode and you know, um, it's something I'm really interested in. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. I've, uh, I've certainly sat through my fair share of um, investor sort of, um, I guess, uh, dial-ins and stuff over the journey. And, and you know, hopefully we can impart some of those knowledges because some of those guys, you know, what they sell and how they go about it is really interesting. But I certainly find that there's a fair bit to learn in that too. So, you know, good space. Let's uh, let's rip in, mate. Let's rip in. I might... Um, I might give the quick uh, other bits we need to talk about. The fee for the podcast, please share it with at least one other friend if you've got uh, value out of today's uh, podcast. So Bywins, we'd love that. Give us a five-star review. Very easy to do online. Click of a couple of buttons and, and that'll, again, uh, expand the audience for us, which we really appreciate. A um, couple of episodes ago, we did get Rory Costello, who was very generous to send out the podcast to their to Villawood's entire database, and we really appreciate that, Rory. So, shout out to you, mate. And I know uh, right now, actually, Colin, I did talk to Rory on Wednesday night, and he was off to the Kokoda track. So he's doing the walk of the Kokoda track. So wishing you all the best over there, Rory. Um, the podcast will probably go live after you're back, so we'll know all about it by then. But, uh, mate, thinking of you today, hopefully uh, you're getting over the hill pretty uh, well, and I know it's a pretty arduous uh, journey across the Kokoda track. So well done to you for having a crack at that. Um, we've got a disclaimer which says, whilst we're all about providing value to you, this podcast should not be considered as legal or financial advice. It contains general information only, and you should seek out independent professional advice on your personal situation before making any legal or financial decisions. So, yeah, to kick it off, Cole, with investing is start with your finance. So, you know, chat to your broker, your bank, and we, we certainly recommend chatting to a broker and sort out your finances, right? So you understand where you sit. You're going to need to have some deposit. Now, again, depending on that structure, you might be able to draw some equity out of existing property, et cetera, but your, your broker is going to be able to help you gather that information and work out the best course of action for you to get you on the board with an investment property. So get an understanding of your current uh, financial situation, um, what's coming into your bank, what's going out of your bank, how your numbers are going to stack up, and whether owning an investment property is going to be sustainable into the future, right? You don't want this thing to be strangle holding you. You want it to be a wise decision. Yes, you're probably going to have to, like any investment, contribute some funds of your own income towards that, certainly in the early days. Um, but make sure it's a number that you can work with, right? And you want to be contributing some funds towards your future in that respect. So, so certainly work on that. Um, Obviously, a broker will be able to help you get that breakdown and help provide you a budget to work within, and and they're going to really better help you in that space. So that's probably the first step along the journey. 
One bit I would say though is uh, Cole, and, and and as I said, I've I've done a lot of investigation into this because I like to see other people sell it. And one thing I like is understanding what your end goal is. If your end goal is just to own a house, you're probably looking at the wrong end goal when it comes to investing. Your end goal should be your financial future, right? It should be thinking about what it's going to look like in retirement. Are you going to have enough money in retirement? Those sort of conversations, right? There's a lot of research you can do and, and online and, and, and there's books you can read about that, right? But it should be about how much money do I need, you know, to retire comfortably on? Set up a legacy if you want on the back of that in the future. And if you keep your focus strictly to that, the end goal, right? It takes a lot of the emotion out. This shouldn't be an emotional decision. It should be a logical decision based around your financial capacity to be able to afford it and the end goal of setting yourself up for the future, whether that's to pay for your kids' school fees, whether that's for the retirement, whether that's to retire early, whatever that looks like, whether that's to help pay off your existing home by having an investment property that's positive geared, that's giving you additional funds to pay off your mortgage on your home. Right, All those things need to be considered in buying an investment property. So if you're focusing on, I want the walls to look nice and I want a pink wall, wrong focus. Focus on the end goal, which is you you should be buying an investment property for a financial gain, and it's a long gain. It's not a financial gain. You want to to make a financial gain today really quickly, maybe in the next hour, Crown Casino from my joints about 120 k's away, that that direction, right? Head there. If you want a long game, and you're probably going to lose there, want a long game and, and no guarantees you're going to win in any investment, but generally speaking, property is a great investment and has proven to be quite successful, then getting into an investment property, it's a long game. So you're buying it and you're holding it. And the longer you hold it, the more money you'll probably make. So, you know, that's sort of, I guess, where it starts from is with your finances, but getting that decision right. What are the other main areas, mate? And and, and I think, you know, this very similar, but, you, you know, I know you were going to talk a bit about mindset, Cole. So rip into that and, and give us your thoughts in that space. Yeah, I'd say just on your finance one, I think know your numbers is a good one too um, for the future. I've seen a lot of people um, know their numbers today, but not factor them in down the track. So they, they need to understand that it's sustainable. I think that's a bit of a problem. So if you're happy with your numbers today, your income today, like what's going to happen in six months? Do you have like a surplus there, you know, and a bit of a fund, uh, just in case fund sitting there and things like that. So, but yeah, talk to the broker, get all that worked out first. There's no point doing anything else until that that is done. Um, one of the things I, I think, Darren, around mindset is you have to be a investment mindseted person to buy an investment property in in terms of building a new one okay so what i mean by that is too many times we've seen people walk in and make emotional property investment decisions and again this is for people who've made that conscious decision to build an investment property there are other ways to you know earn an, earn an income or passive income this that and the other thing and again we've which we're towing the line we're being very careful with what we do and don't say in respect to that but if you've made the conscious decision to build and you're going through display homes or you're talking to companies like ours to try and find that solution, I find in my experience that people are too emotionally invested. They 
they're connected to the location. They want to build only where they know rather than potential other areas that have great opportunity. Um, they want to make um, pointless structural changes to a plan that's already perfectly fine and perfectly capable of, of getting some tenants in. They want to upgrade um, beyond what's absolutely necessary. Like I've just, we, we deal with this all day, every day. We deal with investors a lot um, and those who are, you know, emotionally connected are so they put themselves through so much more stress, pressure, complexity than necessary because at the end of the day, that house on that block with those inclusions will get you the same tenant as a couple of upgrades over here. You know, it's it's really not necessary to make those change, those structural changes or those additional upgrades. It won't do anything other than harm your own <laughs> sanity through the process and it'll drag it out as well. So I guess it's more of a heads up if you're going to look at, and you know you've decided to do uh, get an investment property. Take the emotion out of it. You don't need a color appointment. You know, go to just get the color boards. You know, it's not essential for you to do all those things that you would if you were going to own or occupy this property. Um, as we said, they make it too complex, more confusing, and you're wasting unnecessary time. Okay, yeah. if so you're to spend ten thousand dollars. Doesn't sound, you know, it's a lot of money, but it doesn't sound like a lot of money when you're buying a property. If you spend 10 grand, you probably got to get somewhere 15 to $20 a week more rent to cover the cost that your mortgage is going to cost you on that 10 grand, right? So it adds up pretty quickly, you know, spent 20 grand on upgrades. And again, 20 grand on upgrades may not be a lot. It could be an upgraded brick. It might be some, some additional stuff throughout the home. In the end, that starts to add significantly. You might need to be getting 30 to 40 bucks a week more in your rent. That might mean you're not competitive in the market anymore. Yeah. For something that's not seen as necessarily great value to the end consumer, you think it's nice, but do they really care? They didn't factor it in. So some of those examples are when people go, 2590 ceiling height is considered a higher ceiling. That's not the highest. 2740 is the highest usually. Really not necessary. It just increases your, the bills. Really, people don't even notice it if you walk through the difference between twenty five and twenty seven. Um, other areas like the forty mil stone mine bugs me because it happens quite regularly. Um, if there are look, things you want to upgrade, it's the the cosmetic features that matter to an in, to, to a renter. You know, so if you got a got room in your ensuite for a twelve hundred shower instead of a standard nine hundred shower, that's a good move. Won't cost you much. But that's a good move because they're like, oh, how good was that bigger shower? You've got to get into your renter's mind, not to your own preference. Okay, so that's that's what we mean. We start with mindset, and it's being mindful also that some stuff's going to cost you maintenance down the track that costs you money. You know, you mentioned the shower. Ken, you might stick to a poly marble, the white shower base, rather than going to a tiled shower base that ends up the grout might come out eventually, you know, particularly if you're holding it long-term. And, again, investment's long-term, right? The best investment property you're going to buy is one that you hold on to re till retirement because hopefully by then it's paid off and you're just getting rental income coming in to cover your rates, your, your other bits and pieces, insurances, et cetera, and the rest is going in your bank that you can live off in retirement. So there's certainly some really – you know, good benefits of holding in a long term. So, you know, do you need to do some of this other stuff that's going to have some issues with maintenance? You know, putting wall lights in down the hallway, like, don't do it. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Why would you want it? 
you know, just something else you're going to have to get fixed like later. So maybe, um, Cole, you know, part of that, I guess, process is narrowing down the locations and areas that you want to consider, right? And it's doing your homework. We mentioned on the last episode about, you know, where you can do your homework. There are some great resources, realestate.com, open lot, et cetera, domain, that'll give you a lot of that information, right, about areas of where to invest. Um, you could do things like, and, you know, we had a tool on recently with his um, Property Insights uh, group on Facebook. Joining a group like that would be awesome because he's just feeding you the info. You don't even have to do the work to, to find it. Right, because he's putting that information up all the time. So jump on, find Property Insights on Facebook, and join the group, and just start reading some of that's going on there. It'll you'll gather a lot more information very quickly, um, and that's just getting fed to you. So there's there's plenty of places where you can get that. You want to be looking for areas that are hopefully going to deliver you a good uh, capital growth, and that's over time, right? Capital growth is not a short term thing, but it's a longer term thing. Um, and and I say and. In an ideal world, you want great capital growth and high rental return, but otherwise you want to have one or the other, right? You've got to be able to get capital growth or a high rental return, one or the other, and in an ideal world, you'll get both. It's not always possible. So if the if the capital growth's high, usually the rental return will be lower and vice versa. Um, it just depends on what's going to suit you, right? And, and then what are the things that are going to help drive that? So what's going on in that area? You know, understanding, are there schools, shopping centres, train stations, et cetera, going to come up in that area? They're going to give reasons why that that becomes a more attractive area. So you buy it today, it doesn't have those things. When those things go in, up go your property prices. Often, not guaranteed, but often that's the case. So certainly look at that. One of the joys of building a new home is that you're going to get to depreciate a greater level of the value of the home. So again, it's going to help out. So if you are um, negative geared, it's going to help out with your negative gearing. And what negative geared means is that it's costing you more to own that property than the rent is right now, right? And at some point, you hope that those two things cross. The rent keeps going up a little bit and your mortgage comes down and then you end up in a, in a position that you, you become positive geared at some point, right? I guess gather info on two to three areas. Don't just stick to one. Have a look around a bit. You know, talk to a few other people you know that might have invested. And again, you know, look, if I'm thinking about buying an investment, I've got a friend of mine who's got many, many investments. I'd reach out to him. Um, we had a, we had Dean on the the um, podcast. I know Dean's had a, a number of investments over the years. He'd be a good guy to talk to for me, right? He, I know Dean. He was my old neighbour, and I'd reach out and go, Dean, what are you thinking about this? And he'd go, Mate, the great idea. Or I'm looking there at the same time. You're like, Oh, I didn't know that. Like, geez, what info have you gathered, right? So those sort of things can really help. Um, speak to local real estate agents about the rental returns, etc. You know, and. If you're wanting to make a quicker decision, look towards titled land. There's plenty of it out there right now, right? So in this market, plenty of titled land gets you on site quicker, avoids any land delays, means that you can start. You might say, well, I really want to try and, you, you know, you might chat to your account. They say, you've got to try and do something this year. We're trying to help with your tax minimization, right? Just certainly... You know, uh, understand what all that looks like, find out whether that can happen. If you were to walk into a lot of builders right now today, you'd probably have an investment property built before the end of the financial year. There's every chance that could be the case. By mid-next year, if you walked in today and signed up with a lot of builders, they'd be able to get a house built by then for a single story, that is, right, and, and not a monstrosity, and we wouldn't be suggesting a monstrosity as a single-story home for an investment anyway. 
right? So, you know, understanding all of those things. Um, one thing you can do, again, you jump on realestate.com, put in the area, pick a four-bedroom home, for example, and then you can find out what the medium house price is. But you can also see right now how many properties are on the market to rent. I recently looked in the suburb just next door to where I live, which is called Lucas. It's in Ballarat. They had two, only two, three-bedroom homes for rent. In that whole suburb, it's got a lot of rentals, but there's only two, three-bedroom homes. And I'm like, hold on, there's clearly a shortage of of three-bedroom homes. Everyone's building four-bedroom homes. But for me, I'd be saying, hold on, well, there's a shortage of that. I'd be better off building a three-bedroom home. I'll probably spend less money. But clearly, people right now maybe have less budget to spend. So having a three-bedroom home, for me, would make a logical decision. So gathering that information is really easy. Open lot, realestate.com, domain, places like Property Insights Facebook group. They're really easy to gather that information. So yeah, certainly help, Kyle. What else you got, mate? Um, again, I, I would say go back to knowing your numbers rather than picking a location based on emotion. So what I mean by that is don't rule out areas you don't know. In fact, you're probably better off going to areas you don't know with the local advice. Um, so if if you, you know, uh, inner suburbs yourself and you want to buy an inner suburb investment because you know it great but the reality is if you stick to your numbers you're probably not going to get what you're looking for but if you go out another further you know suburb ring or two into regional then maybe you've got a better option get a bigger block bigger house better return better capital growth whichever it is by looking at those areas it really doesn't matter where the thing's sitting okay so that's what i would add to that darren is once you get past that, it's got to be near me so I can drive past it every every second week mentality, get rid of that. Like the house, you know, if it's, if it's uh, we're talking in Victoria, for example, if it's out in Ballarat instead of Metro West or Metro North because that's where you live, who cares? That's a good thing, you know. If there's demand and, you, you know, the broker says, yeah, those numbers look good and the advice you get locally, you know, it all stacks up for you, then that's probably the better move, you know. So that's something I would add in terms of know your numbers and stick to your numbers, not your emotions. Yep. Um, I think, um, you know, you mentioned that too, Colin, and, and I've only invested in properties over the years. I bought a, a property in Breakwater. A lot of people wouldn't even know where Breakwater is, right? So, and it's not alongside the beach. I wish it was. I probably still love it now, but we sold it. Um, but, you know, it was a little suburb I'd never even heard of, but I went down and had a look. It was in Geelong. Yeah, it was a great little investment for us. So, again, you know, it doesn't have to be big dollars. You know, it's just a matter of being comfortable with what you're you're buying. And for that, was a, that for us was our first investment property. And it was just a great decision to make because it wasn't over the top on price. Got us an idea of what it's like to have a tenant because then, you you know, you learn things along the way. You're like, oh, well, that tenant didn't pay. All right, now. And, you know, how am I dealing with an agent and what's that work like? And do you want an agent? Do you not want an agent? You know, managing the property, et cetera. So all those things come into play, um, you know, and, and again, it was a great little investment. We made a little bit of money. It turned out being positive geared for us. That was fantastic. Just paid us a little bit of money every month. You know, it wasn't a lot, but all those things help. So, you know, if you can, if you can just get on the, on the, I guess, 
into the market with something like that. It could be an investment in a rural town or or it could be on the fringes of Melbourne, you know, but there's plenty of these places you may not have even heard of. But when you go out there, you realise, hold on, it's two minutes away from everything else. I just had never heard of Breakwater. I didn't know where it was. Um, but when we were out there looking, it turned out fantastic. And, yeah, so it's probably a great example of exactly that. Yep. No, I agree. Uh, we recently did a investment in Geelong and I, I did sell that one. And it was a little three-better, tiny little home, but perfect for the person who bought it, um, single mum, and it just suited exactly what she wanted, nice and close to where she wanted to be. And so there are people, if you've got, you know, if you keep it, you know, in line with, with the numbers rather than the emotions, and yeah, it's definitely a better outcome. So I... I would say, Darren, the next step in this is we've talked about obviously the finance, which anyone wanting an investment will understand, um, the land and understanding different areas outside of what just what you know. Um, the next step is to talk to, I guess, and understand the house side of things. So if you've got some preferred areas, that's great and helpful. If you don't, that's okay as well. But then you've got to go to a builder, okay? So most retail builders, display home builders, don't necessarily uh, do – full turnkey investment uh, inclusions. They might do the house, the driveway, and everything, obviously, uh, I guess, inside the house, leaving you to perhaps do landscaping and fencing. Um, I guess I'll be a little bit biased here, Darren, because it's what we do. Um, we, I would always recommend if you're going to get an investment and in terms of convenience and keeping it simple and not overcomplicating things, you really should be looking at getting full turnkey um, in that case, because it's just one less, you know, two or three less headaches that you need to worry about. A company like ours provides that. I won't promote that anymore. I'm just saying as an investment, it's more simple to say it's it's a one-stop shop. It's all included and I don't have to worry about it. Okay, so I would always advise that. Um, if that's not for you, then yes, you can go to any builder, but just accept that you'll have to make a couple of extra phone calls at the end and and, and negotiate through landscaping and fencing components as well. The main ones, whether it's a turnkey builder or not, keep it a simple design, um, you know, and, and as many living or bedroom areas as possible based on the homework you've done for that area. Um, do not redesign the house unnecessarily. If you want to add a cavity sliding door to an ensuite, by all means, go for it. Makes sense. But don't redesign the whole ensuite just because you think it looks better the way you want it. It's not worth it. The, the, the builders have designs that are perfectly fine that will be perfectly fine for the renter when they're looking out there. Don't redesign the house. Perhaps add a few cosmetic upgrades here and there that may appeal to a renter, not to you. Um, as I said, uh, I guess with inclusions, a turnkey for us, but in general, the normal level of inclusions, make sure that you've got everything basic that you need. So it might be down lights, 20 mil stone, maybe not 40 mil. Decent ceiling heights, not the highest. You know, make sure you've just got those those general boxes ticked. Don't go crazy on unnecessary upgrades. It's just not worth it. Um, one of the other things, Darren, I think for an investment is just stick with the colour boards if you can. If that builder's got them on offer, it's an you, you don't need the stress like picking all the colours and stuff like that. Can sound like fun to some people, but it's just honestly just. Take the boards and just be done with it. You're not going to live in it. It won't matter. It'll get you through the contract a lot quicker as well. And the last thing which we say is some people don't tend to listen to this, Darren, but do not pick the cheapest builder. 
Um, the cheapest quote means the cheapest suppliers and the cheapest material and the cheapest trades. And when you're building a property for investment, you're going to rent this thing out. The last thing you want is a myriad of maintenance issues, the, the tenant ringing up the, the agency or whoever you've got, you know, manage, uh, whoever's managing it for you. And you just every month having to deal with and fork out another issue and another issue, money for all those things. So if it's 10 or 15K more and you've got someone you're a bit more comfortable with, go with them, okay? It doesn't matter if it's Darren or Colin. It doesn't matter. Go with the one you're comfortable with. Don't go with the cheapest one, particularly in the last two years. We must have learned this by now that if you've got a cheaper price, there's a reason for it, okay? It's, it's just not the wise thing to do. They'd be the uh, house-based tips I'd provide, Darren. Anything else you got there? No, I think uh, I think you pretty much covered it, mate. You know, know your numbers, um, get your deposit together, work out how you're going to work with that with your broker. You know, with, like I say, whether you're releasing equity from an existing property, how that's going to structure up, right? So all those options are there. You know, and then once you've got your finances all sorted, you're happy with the decision, you think you're making the right decision, back yourself in and 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 lock it in. Go and pay the deposits. Um, get the thing underway, you know, and uh, and look forward to owning your first investment property. It's a pretty exciting time. You know, understand that like any investment, it's going to often draw upon a little bit of your existing income and you should be contributing some of that anyway to your long-term future. Go and seek any financial advice. I was listening to a guy this morning, an American guy, and he's like 15% of your income should be going to long-term future investments. Like just make that part of your, your lifestyle and away you go. And it makes a lot of sense because it sets you up long term um you know so so this is part of that and, and buying investment property is definitely part of that journey and it's a great way and, and a lot of people have made a lot of money over the years in in doing so so you know we wish you all the best along that journey and and again as always if we can help you got any questions please visit homebuildinghub.com.au um and, and there's a contact us button there. You can certainly reach out. We'd be happy to assist in any way. Uh, if you've got any questions there, yeah, we can certainly help point you in the right direction. Yep, absolutely. Um, so that sort of wraps that one up, Darren. We thought we'd keep it um, within the 30-minute mark uh, for everyone. Hopefully that was helpful or a bit of a reminder for things you potentially already knew, but just to help you get back on track as uh, potential property investors uh, building a new home. So if you like what you heard or you listened to, uh, sorry, you listened to or what you watched, I should say, please leave us a five-star review on the platform you're on. That would be really helpful. Share the podcast with with somebody, as Darren said at the top. That's very helpful. And again, any questions, homebuildinghub.com.au. Other than that, Daz, I think we'll call it a day. Awesome, mate. Good on you, Cole. Thanks very much. And Thanks, guys. Have a great day. See you on the next one. Bye. One, two, three.